All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Working from home has become very normal to many of us. And today I'm joined with Vanessa Bennett from Next Evolution Performance. And I'm so excited to have her here today because I've been following Vanessa's work over the years. And every time I hear her talk at a function or read some of her work, it just, it changes something in the way I work, not just at home, but also in the workplace. Vanessa, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, it's a pleasure. And thank you for those kind words. I'm so pleased yeah. that you're finding it useful. Yeah. Oh, it's massive. I think four years ago was the first time I heard you talk and um, you were discussing energy credits, which we'll get get into a bit later. And you've just released an online course, uh, mm-hmm. which is so exciting because again, in, in this time, it just makes it so much easier for, I, mean, I guess, anyone in the world listening to this to take part of it. I'm not going to mention the C word, but recently <laughs> things have changed and a lot of us are working from home and it's become very normal. Um, you know, I've heard the concept that, oh, you know, it's the new normal, it's the new normal, it's the new norm. But I, I have a feeling the whole working from home thing was always happening. It's, you know, what's just happened recently has just accelerated that. Um, I think it was bound to happen within the next four or five years anyway. And I got in contact with you about today's episode is because you recently posted an article on LinkedIn talking about working from home. And as I was reading it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And I I know a lot of people that listen to the show would really be able to relate to a lot of that. I guess, where do we begin? I I guess for me, working from home meant having screaming children in the background, a fridge seven meters away from me, um, (laughs) and my wife asking me to do things every five minutes. But um, I guess if you could probably start off just telling us a little bit about who you are and for those that haven't heard of you um, and your business. And if we could, after that, sort of get straight into it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so we, um, well, actually, I, I used to work in financial services to sort of take a step back as to why we do what we do. Yes. Um, I was working in financial services for many years and I saw so many people um, who probably weren't as productive as they could be, but also feeling like they were really tired and feeling like they were working really hard. And this concept of working really hard, if you're not getting the results, you know, it can be quite debilitating. So um, I saw a lot of people getting quite sick as well and, and people were sort of you know, doing the work of other people and, and it was it was quite hard. And so I, you know, discovered quite a bit of work around productivity and cognitive energy and that kind of thing. And I was always really passionate about helping people to achieve more with less effort. And so this is really sort of how this came to be. And there's so many different aspects to it. There's, uh, we call it physical, mental, neural. And uh, so physical is things that you can do physically to optimize your brain function. Um, the neural piece is around productivity. How do you structure your days, weeks, months, and years for performance? And then there's the mental side of things, which is how do we really manage our mindset and have a success mindset? And even, you know, we, we don't even love the word resilience. Resilience is kind of like, you know, bad things happen, how do we deal? Whereas we actually like to think of, you know, 
uh, suboptimal things may happen, how do we capitalize on that? And how do we yep. see the benefits of all of that? So it's this idea of going beyond resilience and really helping people with their mindset. And obviously one of the great benefits of that is when you've got a really good success mindset, um, that's a very similar attributes to the mindset that you need to help to avoid mental health problems because we now know that there's so much that we can do to avoid those and people's mental health and productivity have definitely been strained um, over these times. And so we help a number of people. We we help um, right from the large corporates right down to small businesses, small to medium businesses. Um, we engage in people with people in different ways. Sometimes it's one-to-one coaching or group coaching, um, and it can be running workshops for teams. It could be I do a lot of keynote speaking at offsites and conferences and things like that. So it's quite a mix. Obviously, um, you know, most of that had to switch and be done from home and mostly over Zoom during during that period. We're starting to do more things face to face now, but uh, even with uh, with border closures and all those kind of things that's actually really tricky to do things outside of New South Wales at the moment so um, we typically are doing still a lot of things via via uh, zoom and, and virtual platforms and things like that so yeah it's been uh, it's been good but I think there's been a lot of opportunities that, that have come out of it and I really liked what you said before about you know this whole working from home thing it's something that's been accelerated you know we were we've been helping people with how to run these kind of hybrid models for a very long time because it just seems weird that we have all of this technology at our disposal these days and the technology in the last 10 to 15 years has come so far and it just seemed weird to us that we've got all this technology available and yet we're still working like we're we're in the industrial revolution you know this whole concept that to be productive, we have to be in an office at these times working at our desk just sounds, you know, so antiquated when we've got so much better technology for that. So I think it's been a wonderful time for people to help uh, start thinking about how they want to work in a way where it's very much more focused on results and productivity rather than just looking busy. Now, that said, working from home has been an adjustment for a lot of people and not everyone finds working from home easy because it depends on your situation. I had, um, uh, I've been mentioning this to a few people recently, it's like I heard this great saying around COVID which was um, someone said, oh, we're all in the same boat and it's like, no, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm but we're all in different boats. Someone's in a speedboat and someone's in a sailboat. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And someone's got a big boat, someone's got a little boat, someone's like trying to cling onto someone else's boat, you know. (laughs) So it's really different depending on people's situations. So we need to be really mindful of that. And leadership these days is around how do you help people perform at their best and to help them to tap into what works best for them given their constraints and and given their environment and everything around that. That's so true. And you mentioned something interesting that, you know, with the tools have always been there, the technology has always been there. And I, I think there's probably two parts that haven't always been there. And, and that's probably what's held a lot of people back from working from home and businesses from letting their employees work remotely. And I'm, I'm assuming I could be wrong, but one of them I think would be the fact of not knowing how to do it and how to manage their employees. And the second part is employees not really knowing how to work from home and mm. just assuming that they have to work at an office to be productive and yes a lot of us have had no choice and that's I think why a lot of people are now working from home but I think there's still a missing 
piece of the puzzle. And I think that's where people like you come in to sort of show people and teach people how to still be productive from home because, you know, it's interesting, like talking since it started, you know, even talking to clients, I'll ask them the question always. I've asked, you know, how has COVID affected you? Because, I mean, I'm talking more from a financial perspective, but um, obviously after that, we do get into their personal life. And it's interesting, like I think half of the people I ask will say they're loving it, you know, they're more productive. Um, And the other half are saying, I hate it. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got too many distractions. I just can't do it. And what do they hate? Is it hate? Do they hate working from home or do they hate the fact that they can't cope with doing it or they don't have the tools, Mm. you know, to to do it? Yeah. Because you're right. Some are excelling. Like um, I know some people that since having to work from home are more productive than ever. Um, And can I ask you, what would those that are struggling to do it, I guess, where should they start and like what things should they be considering? Mm, Yeah. So I think you're right. There's definitely, depending on your home circumstances, like it even comes down to ergonomics. You know, some people Mm. have the ability to have a separate home office and close the door and, and they're all set up with a beautiful chair and everything's kind of very easy. Other people are trying to sort of do it on the kitchen table with kids running around and the dog throwing up and whatever. So (laughs) there's a few more distractions going around. It also depends on the amount of noise that you have as well. I know that um, I found it quite stressful. I've I've been working in a hybrid model for a long time. I have an office in the city and I have a home office, so I'm very lucky. But, of course, you know, literally the week that COVID hit um, and I'm trying to run Zoom presentations and and coaching clients on Zoom and things like that, um, they decided to replace all the storm water drains in the lane literally below my home Oh, great. So so it kind of depends on, you know, what's going on at the time and what your home environment is. And even if it is set up well, you know, sometimes you've just got external noises and things like that that can be really challenging. So, um, So... I think one thing that's really important to realize and and we've got some people who are working more than normal because they're kind of like not knowing when to stop because it's just easy to keep going and we've got other people who are struggling to get things done and I think um, the main thing to realize for people on both sides of that of that equation is that neuroscience tells us that we only have on average four hours a day that we can do heavy cognitive work Okay, and it can be trained to six, but you know that's for you know like high performers. And uh, when they did those those studies, that was actually done on neuroscientists, obviously quite smart people. So um, so let's let's assume we've got somewhere between four to six hours of heavy cognitive energy available. Okay, Okay. do the math on that. That's less than a day at work. Yeah. Okay. And it's a lot less than, you know, the 12, 14, 16 hours that people might find themselves doing just because they can um, yep. without doing the, the travel and the commute and all that kind of thing. So when you only have that to play with, it's actually really important to firstly know that because most people assume that they've got 8, 10, 12 hours and, and they don't um, of heavy cognitive load. You can certainly do other things, but it's not heavy work. Okay. So the first thing is just to recognize that that's all you have. Um, the second thing is to realize that, okay, well, if I've got, say, even four really productive hours in a day, when would they be? And so if you can just maximize those four hours, you know what? You're streets ahead of everyone else. And yes. 
that can be that can often be enough just to feel like you can still achieve you can still take the kids to school you know the the poor Melburnians that were homeschooling for so long um, you know they just didn't have the hours available that a lot of other people did um, and so I think if we can get our heads around this idea of you've got four hours a day um, at you know possibly a little bit more but let's assume that we get those right then it's really important to work out when those are for you so some people are morning people um, some people kind of you know take a little bit of time to kick in maybe like 10 a.m um, and other people are actually really good in the afternoon or maybe even the night hours so it's really important to kind of work out what it is for you and we talk about you know how to help people to do that all in this online course that we now have um, for that reason because it's so important that we really firstly understand that that's all we have we have so many people then trying to beat themselves up because they didn't get a certain amount of work done when quite frankly it it was neuroscientifically impossible for them to get through that work in one day in the first place. So let's not spend cognitive energy getting angry at ourselves when we need every bit of cognitive energy, that's just mental energy, um, when we need every bit of mental energy that we can get to get the job done in less time with less effort. So if you actually manage your mental energy, time management becomes a byproduct of that. So the, the goal should never be time management. And I think that's where a lot of people go a little bit awry, that the goal is actually manage your cognitive energy for optimal performance. And then you get more done in less time with less effort. You feel better. It feels better for your mental health. It's great for your family. You're just basically nicer to be around. It's a good thing. So, yeah, so that's probably you've, one of the first things to think about. You've said that so well. And I think you are right because it, it's very easy to beat yourself up over not getting enough work done and think that it's a time thing and then just keep pushing and pushing and then the next day just doing the same thing again and the same thing again. And I guess that's what leads to burnout. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So if we don't kind of listen to our bodies and we just kind of keep going because um, your, your brain is – your brain is metabolically hungry. About 20% of the fuel that we take into our body, so all the food that we eat, about 20% of that actually goes to the brain. So, you know, we can be literally sitting at our desks and then at the end of the day we feel like we've run a marathon and we haven't even left. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it's really important that we use that cognitive energy wisely. And, um, and one of the biggest mistakes people make is that they work on the next most urgent thing on their to-do list. They prioritize their to-do list based on urgency. And that's another way where people just completely come a cropper. Um, it's really something where if people can take a step back from that and manage their diary a little bit further in advance so that they can choose to work on certain tasks at a mm -hmm. time that matches their cognitive energy, it'll seem effortless. But say you've yes. got a six-hour task and you leave it to the last minute and it's like, okay, now I have to work on the six-hour task because that's the most, you know, the next most urgent thing on my to-do list. That six-hour task is going to take so much cognitive energy. It, it probably isn't even possible to do it in a day. It's certainly not going to get done in six hours. It's probably going to take you eight, 10, 12 hours just to do something that could have been done over three days in two-hour blocks at a time that matched your energy. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. And you mentioned also around that point, taking breaks. Um, I mean, when 
what would you say around that side of things? Because I mean, sometimes I feel like breaks are a bit of a waste of time because I feel like when I'm in the middle of something, it's just to keep going. But, but at the same time, there is that energy that's just being drained as yeah. I'm going through it. Yeah, so true. And, and breaks depend on the person. So we have a concept which we talk about in the course called personal pace. And it's, you know, sort of roughly, roughly kind of aligned with, say, your attention span. Okay, yeah. so the average attention span is around 40 to 45 minutes, but that's average. So that's made up of some people that can focus for a really long period of time and yeah. other people who really can't. You know, you might you might get 10 to 20 minutes out of them and then they're off, off with the fairies doing something else. Yeah. That's so, me half the time. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no right or wrong. The trick is, is how you work to your pace. So, um, and, and part of what we do in the course is we actually give you a pace indicator to calculate that to sort of work out roughly what would be your average attention span. Then the trick is, is to make sure that you're taking breaks according to that. Um, now, this can come down to, this could be a little, literally a little micro break. Like I've got quite a reasonably short attention span and so therefore I might do something for half an hour and if I'm working from home, then I might go and put away the socks and then, then I might do another half an hour and then I might take the dog for a walk. And yep. then I might come back after half an hour and, and, you know, put the rest of the laundry away, whatever it is. So it's about taking these little micro breaks that just give you this little bit of recharge at the time. Um, the other thing as well is like you need to take breaks from just a physical movement point of view. So if you literally sit at your desk all day, that's so bad for your health. I can't, I could mm. even just go for another three hours just talking about that. Yep. So it's really important that we get up and move. So think about the movement that we have on our commute to work, even going to the bathroom takes a lot more steps in an office than it does when you're at home and your bathroom is like seven steps away. So, um, so it's all those things that we need to factor in. So it's almost like, um, you know, some people kind of have a little walk to work, which might be around the block and back, um, or they might have a work walk from work, or they might, um, work out what time of the day you're going to exercise. Um, does exercise maybe work at lunchtime because that's a, a nice natural time to take a break and it's easy to come back and have a shower and blah, blah, blah. just depends on what's easy for you in terms of, of being able to do that. So there's so many ways to think about this and there's no one-size-fits-all approach, but taking breaks is really necessary for the brain to recharge. It's, yep. um, it's super important to do that and it's really important for the body too. And what about social interaction, like talking to friends and family and um, socializing? Because, again, it's it's so, it's it's so hard to work out that balance between it because, again, working from home, it's just so easy to get distracted. Like I know, especially for me at the start when I didn't have everything set up properly here at home, people would, friends would come over, for example, or I'd start talking to the neighbor and suddenly <laughs> there goes half my day. And then there was other days where I just talked to no one for like two days straight and just be an absolute loner. <laughs> and then I'd actually get a little bit depressed that I'm not talking to anyone except for like a, a camera for, a, you know, for all my Zoom meetings. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a tricky one. And that depends on on the person again, right? So some people, again, you know, they're very happy if they don't have to have too much interaction. My husband and I always just joke that our dads feel like they've been practicing for COVID for many years. They're always happy to never really talk to many other humans. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you know, they're like, yeah, no problems. Um, so, you know, some people are totally like that. People who feed off other people's energy and really need that, it's been a lot harder for them. And so we've been helping people, especially in businesses and things like that. How do you engage people and make them feel connected? 
connected. Um, and that could be through work things. I've heard of people doing things like online cooking classes as a team building exercise and all this kind of stuff. It's been really cool yeah. to see what people have come up with. Um, so how do you help people to feel connected? Um, I've had, like even say with some of my, my colleagues, we've sort of done, you know, once a month we do Zoom drinks. Um, yeah. I always feel sorry for the people in Perth. I swear that they must have been drunk from like 2 o'clock in the afternoon when they're looking <laughs> into all of these things. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, so, you know, we've been doing a bit of that. I'm someone who uh, who does need a lot of human interaction. Now, obviously, when I'm with clients and, and presenting, even though I'm doing it virtually, I'm, I'm with people virtually most of the day um so i'm lucky i get that which is good but i also just miss the the natural sort of incidental running into people as you go for a coffee or something like that so um so it's important to make sure that you kind of orchestrate that and in fairness you know there's a lot of people who i know with some of my friends we've probably actually been seeing each other more so we've been doing a lot more facetime um and and whatnot especially with friends who live overseas because normally we'd be able to go and see them um a couple of times a year but then obviously we can't at the moment so we've probably been almost overcompensating in some ways and actually doing lots of FaceTimes with these people. So, again, it's kind of up to you to work out what you need, but to be really honest about what you need in terms of interaction with other people as well. Um, so, you know, if I had a day where, um, you know, I had like most of the time with clients, but, you know, if I had a, a morning when I was studying or something like that, then, uh, you know, I'd really sort of feel like I'd, I'd need to get out. And uh, and so maybe that means like we go out for dinner or something like that, just so that I can feel like there are other humans around as well. So, yeah, it's up to you to kind of like really recognize what it is that you need and then take accountability to put things in place so that you can yes. meet those needs. Yes. And if we can go back to the the whole, the energy point mm-hmm. um, side of things, because yeah. that, that's what I heard you talk about, you know, about, I think it was about four years ago now. And the energy credits, yes, yeah. that in like, it's, and that was massive. Like that blew my mind because it's, we don't know what we don't know. And even though it's, even though it's about my own brain, I didn't know what I didn't know as well about that. And, you know, and it's, it's massive. Like, like for example, recently, um, I think it's Finland. Finland's prime minister um, wants her country was wanting her country to work on a um, a four day work week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, some countries I've heard in the past they're trying to force people to work less hours in the day to make them more productive. But obviously, none of that will work without a concept like the energy credit concept. We'll just call it that. I just made that name up. No, but okay. um, I don't know if it has a name, but yeah, there, now it does. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah if, you can just, <laughs> if you can just explain that side of things, please, because I think this is something that anybody can relate to. I mean, whether they work or not. Yeah, absolutely. So this energy credits is kind of like can tr- treat energy like your currency. Okay. So what happens is we want to master our energy rather than master our time per se. Everyone has 168 hours in a week, but those high performers are the ones who really know how to conserve their energy. So it's kind of, we need to put a quantity to it because otherwise people don't really understand, well, how do I manage my energy? That sounds all very esoteric. Um, So we know how to, like, we, we know how to think about time because we have, we, we know how to measure it, right? We have seconds, minutes, hours, days. Okay, so with energy, we didn't really have that. So we kind of put something together. Um, so we call it our energy credit performance mastery system, which is all around how do you think about if your maximum amount of cognitive or mental energy that you have in a day, 
is 100 energy credits. So that's yeah. your 100%. Now, 100 for one person might be different to 100 for another person. That's okay. Whatever your maximum is, that's your maximum energy credits that you have in a day. Think of it like a budget situation, okay? Now, there's no borrowing facility of any variety, okay? If we spend more energy credits than we have, that's called burnout. So, that's a no-go zone, all right? So, just like a budget situation, if we want more money, okay, because energy is our currency now, okay? If we want more money, we have two choices. We can earn more or we can spend less, now, the easiest thing for us to do in a budget situation immediately is to spend is to spend less because if we want more money, we either have to go out and get a new job, ask for a pay rise or you know, whatever, like that takes time. Yep. Whereas, you know, we can probably look immediately at what spending can be cut. All right. Yes. So that's kind of a similar kind of thing in the, in the energy credit bucket. All right. So if you've got 100 energy credits in a day, the best thing that you can learn how to do is to spend less of them and especially stop spending energy credits unnecessarily, which is what most people do. Most people do the wrong tasks at the wrong time. Um, Most people don't understand how to maximize their best four hours of power, as we call them, okay? Um, Most people are just running to what's next most urgent on the list. There's so many things that everyone does based on how we've been taught. So it's not our fault. It's just we've been taught that way. Okay, so um, by doing these antiquated ways, it means that we are literally just giving away energy credits. All right. So if someone said to you, hey, how about I just give away money and just leave it on the street? That would be pretty dumb. Okay. well, this is basically what most people do every day with their energy credits. They just leave them lying around. Yep, Yep, exactly. And so what we want to do is to help people to understand these concept of energy credits. Now, we can't say, um, you know, doing that task takes X amount of energy credits because for some person, it might take a lot more energy credits. For some people, it might take a lot less energy credits. So similar to way the way that sports people manage their energy, they don't train heavy every single day or they get burnt out and they tear muscles and get injuries and all this kind of stuff. So we help people to manage their cognitive energy in a fairly similar kind of way to the way athletes manage their physical energy. So it's this concept of what we call periodization techniques. So, and again, we go into more details in the course, but it's around how do we help people to understand what uses a lot of energy credits for them what uses a light allocation of energy credits or maybe even gives them some energy credits or what's something in the middle which would be a medium use of energy credits. And it's different for different people. So, And this can happen both inside of work and outside of work. And we get people to look at their life in, in, in both because, you know, I could – I always joke about this and use this a lot in my workshops. You probably heard me say this when, when you saw one of my workshops. But it was, you know, like my, my husband loves cooking and I would rather poke chopsticks in my eyes than cook. Like I would, I would, <laughs> I would rather do a keynote in front of a thousand people, no problems, but ask me to get to the end of the day at five o'clock and go, hmm, now I need to sort out dinner that would just take so many energy credits from me. So there's no right or wrong and there's no judgment either about what drains your energy because if you start judging yourself about, well, I don't want to cook and da-da-da-da, it's like that takes energy credits too. So there's a lot of things that we burn energy credits on mentally um, and that's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> but there's a lot of things that we burn on energy, burn energy credits on um, just during the day by not structuring our day properly. 
So if we can get most of those taken care of, we've got more energy credits available um, to do other, you know, things that we need to on the mental side of things if we need to. Um, and a lot of our stress goes away. You know, there's a lot of people spending a lot of energy credits being really stressed, but if they actually spent their energy credits better during the day in terms of how they structured their day, half of that stress would go away. Yeah. Now that's, yeah, the, the part that I related to when it came to, to that, I think, was apart from what you mentioned, was even even just having an argument with someone or getting upset over something. And I remember for me, my wife actually thought I was a little bit crazy at one point because it was, I think it was like the day after seeing you the first time, um, we, were, we were frustrated about something. I don't know what it was. I think it was something that was happening or we were trying to organize something. I forgot what it was. But either way, I was like, I just looked at her and I said, look, I'm wasting too many energy credits over this. And then she just looked at me like, what the? she just thought it was a wacko. What do you want? I think I, yeah, actually, I think I said I'm wasting too much energy over this or something. And she was like, what are you, what, what are you yeah. on? And, uh, you know, I explained it to her and obviously – made sense after that but um you know even just that even just like letting something in the morning bug you yeah actually you, you use this example that you know if you wake up you're dealing with the children if you've got children or um bus ride to work or you're driving to work and there's some road rage or, or something and if you let all these things bother you and annoy you even that's just draining your energy points and then suddenly you hit the desk at nine o'clock in the morning or nine thirty, and you've only got like 30 percent of your energy credits left that were meant to last you a whole day. Yeah. Um, and then you've got to sort of drag them out and then suddenly, you know, you gave the example of it then hitting like 12 o'clock and suddenly you've got no energy points but you just force yourself to keep working and then five o'clock hits and you're just like destroyed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? We spend so many energy credits on things that just it's just not worth it you know and and once we sort of once you start thinking about things in terms of energy credits it's like is that really worth my energy credits and we talk about this idea of context and it's like whether it's at work or whether it's at home like whatever goals you're trying to achieve it's context is a great way it's kind of like what's my focus Yep. Okay, what are what's the main things that I want to focus on? And it really helps you to start allocating energy credits, you know, by clearing the to-do list as well. It's like if you're um, you know, if you're in a in a business or something and your your context is revenue, well why am I spending energy credits on something else over here that doesn't fit into that context? Yes. You know, so it helps you to work out what to outsource, what to delegate, what to not do at all. Um, it's a really great way for people to use this in business um, and at home as well. So, um, and also, you know, like you say, between uh, between partners, like, right, where are we directing our energy for our conversation tonight, you know? <laughs> What's worthy of that? Yeah, no, you couldn't have said it any better. And um, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, Vanessa. I really appreciate it. Um, if Finally, if you can just sort of give a little bit of a rundown just on the course that's recently been announced um and if anybody wants to get in contact with you or the, the organization how they can do that yeah absolutely so our business name is called next evolution performance and if you go there then uh you'll be able to see all the people in our team you'll be able to just uh drop me an email directly through our website so if you have any questions please let me know at any stage and uh and then we also have uh, now this online training platform with this course so the course is called the neuroscience of getting more done now you can access the online training platform via nextevolutionperformance.com or you can go straight there and the online training platform is called nextevolutionenergy.com 
and then you look on that and you'll see the neuroscience of getting more done and uh, and you'll be able to have a look and and uh, and all the concepts that we've talked about that we've spoken about today they'll all be included in that course so it's over eight modules it's drip fed over six weeks so it's only about probably 10 to 15 minutes a week of, of filming and concepts to get your head around the rest of it's actually how do you apply it to yourself because there's no one size fits all approach so you'll need to give some thought as to how you apply that to yourself and then you get like a week to practice before you add in the next lot so it's a really great way to build it up gradually so that you can start to implement this so that energy credits just becomes your way of life and it's so much easier once you start thinking about the world in terms of energy credits instead of time and urgency no i could not agree more could not agree more mm-hmm. and um finally venice on all episodes i always finish them off with a dad joke um, so yeah so so the question is why did the picture go to jail why did the picture go to jail oh uh, because it was know. framed <laughs> that's great i'll have to take that home to my husband he's he likes please. dad jokes yeah <laughs> please do. You, can t- you can take all credit for it as well by the way. absolutely uh, yeah but thank you so much for your time I appreciate it. it's a pleasure so thanks so much for having me michael lovely to speak with you thanks for joining us on sharing more than the sheets please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.